Well, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another edition of This Week in the Bush League, hosted by the Chief and the Champ. I'm the Chief, and uh, it's good to be missed during our month-long hiatus. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And I am the Champ, and I think Albert Einstein said it best. The difference between genius and stupidity is that genius has limits. <laughs> you mean stupidity has no limits? Yeah, and that's what he's implying. Yeah, that can apply to a lot of things, right, in today's world and, you know, this whole CBA. But uh, I just thought that was pretty uh, pr pretty apt, um, um, that quote. Yeah, it is funny. Uh, I, I've heard that quote before, and, it, yeah, it's it's funny. Um, so what's, what's going on in this uh, month-long uh, absence that we've had? Well, it, you know, it was nice to get a text the other day when uh, Bob Free said, I, I missed the podcast. So, you, you know, yeah, you right? always wonder if, like, people care, but it's it's nice to get affirmation occasionally. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if, if, if we were on, you know, Twitter or YouTube, you know, we would say, hey, give the thumbs up. Like, yeah. You know, the best thing they can do is like and subscribe. So, yeah, even, even you know, grizzled veterans like ourselves need affirmation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Right. I think, uh, who was it? I think Pavlov kind of proved that. Like you need intermittent, <laughs> intermittent affirmation or intermittent reward to keep yeah. the behavior. Right. So there you go. Yeah. And so, so what, we'll, what we'll do is when people like and subscribe, maybe we can on our phones program it. So it plays a special tune so that we can rush to our phones to see it <laughs> much like Pavlov. Yeah. Well, my guess is be uh, too much time in between the rewards. We forget what the bell meant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I don't think we should stop doing anything and wait for those. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah, that's that's funny. Um, all right, so we've been gone a month. Uh, we have some ground to cover. Uh, we're going to start with the Bush League. We had our championship gala at that um, restaurant bar in uh, Bridgeport. Tap House Twenty Three. Tap House Twenty Three. Uh, it was a good time. I thought. What you What you think of the place? Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. it was a, okay, good. Yeah, it was, yeah I, I had a good time. It was very roomy, and that TV was like, uh, what, what would you guess, 140 inches wide? Ridiculous. I, I think I think the biggest complaint, if there were complaints, was just the traffic that uh, day trying to get into Bridgeport, right, getting around King of Prussia. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, – I, 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 I don't go to King of Prussia that often, but when I do, I remember why I don't like King of Prussia. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I liked him as a king, and I don't like how he has too much traffic in that area. Um, but yeah, it was nice to see Bob Kirk. You know, he, he got his uh, bobblehead trophy. Uh, still waiting on the the shipment of the actual trophy. I guess Tom's got to ship that at some point. And uh, yeah, you have a little quote that Bob uh, the Sewerhawks say CBS can kiss my ass. Yeah, well, you know, I was just trying to write down, you know, any notable, uh, memorable quotes. And um, I, I think there was also um, uh, what precipitated that was Bob opened the, the bobblehead, and inside there was a little note that says, hey, congratulations, champ, or something like that. And Bob's response was, <laughs> and he was consistent all year, his, his response was, CBS can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's been like that for the past eighteen months. So, although some of it is is, uh, you know, I understand why he gets like that because I, I, you and I have been like that with CBS, the past couple yeah, of years. Yeah. So whatever. Hey, but that 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 wasn't the only award we 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 gave away. Um, and I was a little bit surprised because when you came in, you were the last award. No, you weren't the last award. I, I guess Bob uh, was the last award, but he had to uh, take care of some other business. But um, you presented um. Bob Freeze with the first annual Bush League Golden Monkey Award. Right. Um, do you want to explain that? Right. So uh, we, this is this is a new tradition. It, normally, you don't start traditions like thirty plus years into an organization, but we're <laughs> we're going to start a new tradition. Uh, so Bob Freeze of the Basur Bulls was awarded the first annual Golden Monkey Award, which again, we you and I tried to define it for the listeners. Well, there is no definition. It's kind of like how the Supreme Court defines pornography. Well, we can't define it, but we know it when we see it type definition. Uh, 
So uh, some quirky behavior toward the back end of the draft uh, really kind of sealed the deal for the Bulls in <laughs> 2021. But the good thing about this award is now Bob will have to bring that to the draft, but it's his award to pass on from here on out. Um, well, for next year. So uh, it, it, everybody needs to be on their P's and Q's. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that, hey, if it doesn't happen in the draft, it's a 180-day season. Somebody will do something stupid. So, uh, you know, Bob just needs it's to be guaranteed. Patient. It's guaranteed somebody it's will guaranteed. do something stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so this is going to be mostly a – this is going to really be a postseason award? Postseason award, yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Um, and it, it's all in Bob's hands. I mean, he, you know, obviously you can, you can throw him a text every once in a while saying, hey, that, that seemed like a word-worthy behavior. But it's, it's uh, definitely up to Bob Freeze since it's in his hands. Um, okay. It would be interesting if he actually gave it to himself. Like you could, <laughs> you could I guess, technically. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of I got the idea of the award from Case's, uh, his high school fantasy football league where they have a 12-man league, but they have 13 members in it. And every year somebody gets suspended for doing something stupid. So it's something they All started right. uh, years ago. Uh, and, yeah, you, they suspend someone from the league once a year. So, All right, I that, like it. Yeah, that's kind of where the idea came from. So congratulations to Bob Freeze for the first award. Please don't lose that thing. That was uh, – yeah. It's, hey, I guess if you can't win the championship award like Bob Kirk, this is probably the second best award to win, right? <laughs> At least it's an award. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trophy of some sort. You can put as, on your as, I, as I talked about at the beginning, we all need affirmation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we actually had a pretty productive uh, – this wasn't a winter meeting, but we actually had a pretty productive um, gathering where we decided uh, – on a Bush League draft date of March 26th. And I think it was unanimous uh, going back to that Hershey Hotel. Yeah. So, you know, I brought that up as just a point to say, hey, guys, what do we want to do in terms of a draft date? Um, because the CBA may not be signed by that time. Or um, baseball may be slow in starting. There could be a lockout. There could be a strike. Who, who knows what, what happens? But as we progress into April, if we don't know, if we don't have a set date, people's lives get fairly busy, with the exception of my own, of course, right now. Um, so what do we want to do? And um, I said, just think about it. And it was unanimous by the six owners that were there. They just said, hey, let's book it for March 26th, which is the Saturday before opening day is supposed to start, and let's go back to uh, let's go back to Hershey. So I said, okay, we will do that, and we'll send out send out an email what in December. To everyone that wasn't there? Yeah, yep. Yeah, we okay. can send something out. And, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a great venue. Uh, I like that we were allowed to bring in food and drinks. And, yeah, I, I thought it was an awesome awesome idea by you and finding that place. And um, I, I think we're I think we on to something with this. Yeah, and, and you know, I think uh, the way it started was, number one, because of, of COVID and needing some, some, some space there. But number two, um, Bob Kirk reached out to you last year and said, hey, Sam wants to be in the league, but I can't drive, you know, seven hours in a day or something like that. And I think this is, in the, what, 90 minutes away from State College or it two is. hours away from State College? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's good so for him, it, too. It worked out well. Yeah. Um and I always feel safer that we're we're able to stay in the same spot that we're drafted as we get older. Yeah. So there was talk. There was talk. Um, a little little side note about hey, this year we need to get the draft done faster so that we can go to to Trogues, which is um, just right down the street. And um, I, I think uh, might have been Rick that said, hey, why don't we think about going the night before uh, the draft, Friday night. And I'm like, I don't know. We can we can ask people if they want to do that, but I'd, I'd rather be clear-headed at least for the first hour of the draft. <laughs> Big baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, 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 don't win the, I don't want to win the Golden Monkey Award the <laughs> night before the draft. Yeah, yeah, you, plenty of opportunity there. Plenty of opportunity. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, and you got a website update. Yes, I'm still exploring the possibility. Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, brother. Um, so, yeah, so stay on me about that. I, you know, I was I was shooting for December 31st, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. i got to be honest with you. I thought you were shooting for December 31st of 2020. You, I was. Yeah. I'm just not putting a year on it now. Have you, Are you even close? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, in, in terms of I got, I've got a masthead. Um, if, if that makes a, a website and the re- it's not really going to be a true hardcore website, right? It's going to be a lot. It's going to be a website that has a lot of links to it. <laughs> All right. Do we have a, a domain name? Have we settled on that? No, I, I, it's going to be through, through Google. Oh. So it's free. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah. So maybe we'll yeah, see it's this. Good enough for us, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the CBA is a better shot of being signed by the end of this year than this website up up and running. Wow, them them is fighting. Okay, so I, I see what you're doing there. What? That's I'm a little bit of, that's a little bit of motivation. That's why you're the chief. Okay, that's what I need. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, we'll see how long that motivation lasts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, baseball news since the last time we met, uh, Atlanta Braves ended up. Beating the Astros in six games, uh, I was a little off on that because I I think our last podcast it was Game Six and I thought the Astros were going to come back and really wasn't close. Uh, no, it wasn't. But but you know what? Good job by by the Braves. It, it, isn't it amazing to you that this is only their second or I guess it's their first World Series since 1994? All the great teams that they had throughout the 90s and the early 2000s. And, you know, limited playoffs, right? They only had to have two rounds of, yeah. of playoffs before they got into uh, the World Series. So I guess it's three total rounds. Um, uh, just how this team came back in, in, in July, they, they really could have just walked away. When Ozuna got hurt, uh, excuse me, when Acuna got hurt, Ozuna got suspended, they could have said that, that's pretty much it, right? And uh, GM Alex Anthopoulos, just kept plugging away, got four outfielders, and they they all seemed to mesh, and it, it worked out for them. So good job by them and, and also by uh, Brian Snitker because uh, they had to do some uh, maneuvering there when it came to a playoff pitching rotation. Yeah, I, I, I think some of that push, that motivation might have been the division they were in, looking at the division thinking, yeah, we, we got a shot of winning the division here. So let's – you know, I, I wonder if they were in the West – battle and you know the Giants and and Dodgers winning 106 games if they would have been as aggressive but you know when you're in a division that no one wants to win you're thinking we still have the better team here we had a couple people I, I think we can win this division and get in the playoffs and and go from there that, yeah that that's a that's a really good point by you and um I have to give you credit albeit uh, begrudgingly, I, I think all season long when the Braves got off to their bad start, the Mets had a, you know, a good start even though they had a lot of injuries into June, July, August. You kept saying the Braves were the team in the East to beat. The Braves were the team to beat in the East. And I, I guess I didn't see it. And, uh, you know, you got it right. And you picked them. You picked the Braves in um, before the playoffs started to get to the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I thought that, yeah, I think that I thought the pitching was – was pretty solid, and they had a back end guy. And um, I mean, Duvall was a big was a big shot in the arm for them when they yes. got him. I mean, defensively too, he's a good defensive outfielder, and you know we'll talk about him a little bit. But and then Soler just kind of woke up in the playoffs, didn't he? Jeez, yeah. Man. I mean, did you see that home run that he hit? My goodness, he, he put such a swing on that. He had seen, he had just missed on a couple pitches prior to that, and then he. He hit it out of the stadium. <laughs> I know. I know. That was like a, one of those pool host shots. Yeah, that, it was. <laughs> yeah. That thing was a monster. And you could hear it on the TV. When you hear a hit on TV, yes. that's loud. Like, I can't imagine what that sounded like live. What, what, when that happened, immediately, we got a couple texts. Didn't somebody, uh, one of the owners, say that looked like one of my shots hitting off of you over the roof? Or am I mistaken? I think it was the other way around. But, yeah, I get what they were saying. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, congratulations to the Braves and the whole organization did a great job. Uh, they got some free agents to, 
deal with uh, Ozuna, they're probably not going to have back. And, um, you know, they, they have some choices, but they're really in a really good shape. I mean, Acuna will come back. They, they probably have to sign Rosario or Soler or, they, yeah. or, 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 or neither of them if they, ha- if they have someone. Um, it, it doesn't look like Christian Pache will be there. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're in a really good spot, and they have their pitchers locked up. They have their their young players. If they can sign Freeman, they're in a really good, sh- really good spot. Yeah, so he hasn't been signed yet, right? Correct. Freddie Freeman's a free agent right now? He okay. is, yeah. Um, you like to think he'd go back. I mean, he spent his whole career there. He's a fan favorite. You know, you, you like to think he would, but, I mean, who knows? You know. I would think that would be priority one, number one, even above the the outfielders. Yeah, I, I would too. Bring it Freeman back instead of Rosario, or yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then we had the awards come out. Uh, I was a little surprised with the MVP and the Cy Young. MVP goes to Bryce Harper, Cy Young goes to Corbin Burns. Uh, what are your thoughts on both of those? Um, I. I... In terms of awards, I guess I really don't um, think much uh, about those. And um, I guess I didn't have a problem with Bryce Harper winning the MVP. I mean, I know he led the league in in OPS with an over one OPS slugging percentage of 615. Um, I I just don't know. um, He doesn't get many opportunities, right? Only 84 RBIs. Yeah, and and I found this link on – the Washington Post, it's the National League leaders in ru- uh, average runners in scoring position. And Soto led the league with a 396 average in runners in scoring position. He was 40, 42 for 106. And Tatis was right behind him at 364. It was a little surprising, and you and I talked about this, that Harper was 29 for 88 with runners in scoring position. I thought that 88 number was really low. For a guy, I mean, the Phillies could score runs at times, and you were thinking maybe that 88 number is low because he walks sometimes with runners in scoring position. It, it That may account for some of it, yeah. as we were talking about, but mm-hmm. it still seems really low, doesn't it? It does, yeah. When I, know, I mean, Tyler Knight, Naquin had 100 at plate appearance, or excuse me, at bats with runners in scoring position. Right, and he's a part-time player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, C.J. Crone had 114. Austin Riley had 160 play, uh, at-bats, 160 at-bats with runners in scoring position. Wow. Is, is that the most of the top 20? That seems to be the most. Uh, Duvall had 144. Goldschmidt had 142. And he hit 331. Um, yeah, I, that that's 160 seems to be the highest. And it's probably the highest, right? So that's almost double. Bryce Harper's 88 at-bats with runners in scoring position. Yeah, so I'd be curious if the walks is lower in that 88 as the denominator. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see if we can find that stat someplace. Of course, Seager had 80, and he missed most of the year. Mm. So, anyway, um, I, when I was looking at the at the MVP votes, I thought Austin Riley should have gotten a little more votes. I thought he kind of stabilized that team until Freeman and Albies got it together in the second half. But um, just a thought I had. So where, where did Riley finish? He finished seventh. Seventh. Okay. So um, he was picked up by the Bearcats and, you know, good for the Bearcats um, for um, drafting him again this year because he had him in previous years. And, and this is the classic case of a post-hype sleeper, right? Where, hey, he didn't he didn't uh, hit right out of the gate. Well, he did, he did right out of the gate, yeah. and then he fell off. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess I didn't think much of him, and you know, had just a phenomenal year this year, um, uh, even at third base. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and he, he, I think he was pretty consistent most of the year. Um, it's not like he was up and down. He hit three hundred three. And and that's where I'm that that's a little bit what I look at. Like Riley had 107 RBIs, which is 23 more than Bryce Harper. Are you willing to trade the one OPS for an 898 OPS to take the 24 more ribs? Mm-hmm. Just a thought. I hear you. Yeah. No, I I hear I hear where you're coming from. Yeah, and and having 28 more hits. 
So just a thought. Just a thought I had. Uh, and then when I was looking, I mean, I don't follow Juan Soto. He's not on my team, and I don't watch the Nationals. Uh, Soto's another guy that <laughs> – this guy <laughs> – this guy is a natural hitter, man. <laughs> He's really good. You had mentioned about maybe the Washington need to get off the rear end and get this guy locked up. Uh, his price isn't going down. And you know what? I, I'm just looking at something here, Raj. Um, I, we, we talked about the fact that Bryce Harper only had um, 88 at-bats with runners in scoring position, and I attributed it just off the top of my head to, to walks. So Bryce Harper walked 100 times. This, this this past season, Juan Soto walked 145 times. Yeah. Yeah, walked. A, yeah, he played more games. Played 10 more yeah. games, and uh, yeah, 11 more ribs than um, than Harper too. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, you and I have talked about it for a long time. That I'm more of looking at what each individual player's job is to do, and um. You know, Riley, Harper, Soto, their job's to knock in runs. Yeah. It's, it's to knock in didn't, runs. Didn't, didn't we declare at the end of last season's podcast that Juan Soto is, is, the, is the best hitter in baseball? Uh, yeah, I think he is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that still holds. Yeah. And and Freeman's a little bit behind him. Yeah, but I think Soto – yeah, I think Soto's the best player in baseball. And, and, and coming up fast is Fernando Tatis. <laughs> if he ever gets that shoulder straightened out. Yeah. Yeah, he only played 130 games. He had 97 RBIs. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty impressive. Um, so anyway, and then Corbett Burns he wins the Cy Young. Um, I I was I was a little surprised with Corbett Burns winning the Cy Young. Um, if you look at it from purely uh, a war standpoint, um, that award should have gone to Zach Wheeler because Zach Wheeler had a 7.6 WAR, Corbett Burns a 5.6 WAR. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 he threw forty six more innings. He, he being Zach Wheeler than yeah. than Corbin Burns. I mean, let's see. Corbin Burns had twenty eight starts, right? One hundred sixty seven innings pitched, twenty eight starts. You know, that's six innings a start. It's almost a five and dive type of guy. Um, you know, maybe not his own fault. Maybe it's more to do with how the Brewers manage people. But um, compare that to eh, Wheeler's, you know, six and two-thirds of an inning. So I guess it's not too much more. He just made more starts. Yeah, and, um, yeah, I thought Wheeler had a really good year. Uh, 14 and 10, I don't – yeah. I mean, he led the league in strikeouts, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Over a strikeout in an inning. Yeah, so he had a pretty good year. Uh, I thought Scherzer had a good – a good shot at this at 15 and four. Um, yeah. He kind of trailed off at the end of the season, right? That's kind of his MO maybe because of his age and just how he attacks, you know, batters constantly. Um, you know, Woodruff got some votes when, you know, two of the, what well, Burns and Woodruff both on the sewer halls. Yeah. yeah. Um, a little surprised that Julio, uh, Urias didn't win the award. That's who I would have um, voted for. Oh, oh, we we you want to talk about that at the end of the podcast? Yeah, we'll talk about off? it at the end. Yeah. Okay. But uh, and 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 I guess looking to the top ten, kind of rounding out that. Um, I'm sorry, I'm jumping in here, but uh, I'm surprised Jacob Degrom. I guess everybody should be happy that, uh, you know, he didn't pitch the remainder of the year because he was a strong candidate. I mean, he had a 4.4 WAR in only 15 starts. Yeah. Yep. With a 108 ERA. Yeah. I know. He had gave up eleven earned runs, and I think he had like six RBIs. So, <laughs> um, rookie of the year goes to Jonathan India, which Jonathan India was kind of an interesting uh, uh, draft in our in our in our draft this year because I ended up stealing him for Tom, and then realizing that he didn't qualify for the spot that I put him in. <laughs> and then you traded him, right? I did. I traded him for another guy who got MVP votes. Uh, um, Joey Votto. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm guessing if we take a look at this rookie of the year voting to see, you know, how did the Bush League do? Um, and uh, India will probably be retained by the um, um, the Ducks. The yeah. Ducks. Okay. 
Um, I had both Trevor Rogers and Dylan Carlson, who finished 2-3, and yep. I'll end up retaining both of those. And then the next two, Patrick Wisdom – oh, sorry. Patrick Wisdom finished fourth, and Frank Schwindel finished sixth. They were, they were both midseason pickups by, um, by the Lakers, right? They were. I don't know if he had them in a fab spot, but they were midseason pickups that really solidified his number two spot. And he also drafted Ian Anderson. Yeah, so I don't think he can retain Wisdom and Schwindel. He eventually traded Anderson to you, correct? Correct, yep. And and are you looking to retain Anderson at this point? I am going to retain him, yeah. Okay, all right. So we, we good job by us, but I guess that's more of the fact that we have <laughs> don't have much of a choice in, in terms of players at the at the draft table. Well, we I also picked up Vladimir Gutierrez, and he had he finished eighth. Remember Vladimir no, wait, Gutierrez? Wait, wait, a, wait, yeah, wait a second. Did, did, did you have him or did I have him? You, well, you I'm, and I talked about him, but I traded. I, uh, I, you offered me in a trade for him. Yeah, and, you, but, and yeah, because I turned it down. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you and I have talked about I, Gutierrez I won, a couple times. Yeah, it was for Carlos Martinez, right? Yep. I'm glad I didn't take that trade. Oh, yeah. Oh, good. Martinez was out for the year, at, like the next day. Yeah. Yeah, and Gutierrez kind of tailed off at the end. Did you even have him? He did. Yeah. His ERA was a little high at the end, but he, he stayed no, in No, I didn't. He got wins. It, it's tough as a major league pitcher, though, right, going through that many arms, particularly coming off a a, a shortened 2020 season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought Gutierrez had a good rookie year, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be in that rotation next year. I mean, yeah. the Reds. The Reds have a lot of uh, question marks next year. I don't. I think it's going to be a two-team race in the Central next year. Again. Yeah, probably. And uh, yeah, all eight guys were um, were on a Bush League roster at some point or, or whatever. All ten guys, um, and half of them were drafted. So you know, good for us. We end up doing that. Uh, and then Gabe Kapler wins Manager of the Year. I think we talked a little bit about that in November. I think that. Was was announced our last? Yeah, I don't think there was any surprise there. I mean, he won. He got twenty eight out of the thirty. Uh, yeah, uh, first place votes. Yeah, uh, well, it really wasn't close. Um, yeah, and then um, we got some free agent signings the, this past couple weeks. Here, uh, the Mets are on a little bit of a spending spree. They signed uh, Sterling Marte for four years to $78 million, Eduardo Escobar, two years to $20 million, and they signed some guy from uh, Oakland or Los Angeles, right? Who was that? Cana. C-A-N-H-A-C-A-N-H-A. Oh, oh, Mark, Mark Cana? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then they lose um, Aaron Loop and uh, Noah Syndergaard to the Angels. Yeah, that was kind of strange. I mean, the Angels spent – I thought I, I know it's only a one-year contract, but you know, over twenty million dollars, and he only came back to throw what three innings, five innings. Yeah, I, I wonder if they made a deal with him that y- y- he's going to pitch in the back end. I don't know. Huh. I, I don't. I, don't I know. mean, over the last two seasons, he's only pitched five more innings than you have in the major leagues. <laughs> right, and I don't think very effectively, to be honest with you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me ask you something. Um, were you as surprised as I was that there was a lot of free agent movement um, prior to the signing of the CBA? Did that surprise you at all? Well, some of it is, I mean, other than Marte, these guys are marginal where, you know, maybe they just wanted a job. Like they're, they're locked into a job no matter what happens in the CBA. Escobar is locked into a job for two years. These Scalfini... I mean, he, he could have tested the market, but what if something happens crazy and, and salaries drop or whatever? I mean, yeah, okay. Yeah, Steven Matz is the same way. Like, is Matz really, you know, he could have tested it a little bit. He could have went back with the Mets. He could have said, I'll wait it out. But, I mean, it's a pretty good deal for him. Four years, $11 million a year. Bill actually pointed out um, and made a good comment. Did, did you see um, Steve Cohen's Comments, um, kind of yeah. whining, uh, yeah. Mets owner, that he thought that uh, that that match should have given him, or that they had an agreement that uh, they would talk once he got a final offer or something like that. And so he was he was kind of whining. Yeah, I, I I think Matt and his agent would have 
gone back to him if it was the Diamondbacks coming at him with four years, 44. But when the Cardinals do, you're like, why would I, why would I not sign with St. Louis? Well, and, and, and there, there just continues to be some dysfunction in New York, right? Yeah. So, uh, and then Brandon Belt, he he accepts his qualifying offer at one year, eighteen point four million. Are you surprised by that? No, because he probably just wanted a job. I mean, he could have tested the market, but I, is he going to get eighteen million a year? Uh, I I don't think because yeah. I don't think he can play a full season. So I I, I would yeah. say not. So yeah, I mean, if I were him, I would take that qualifying offer. Absolutely. Um, and then the other thing that you and I talked about is, I, I, I guess Conforto's out of the picture here? Like, you signed Marte, what are they doing here? Well, I don't even know what they're going to do with Escobar. I, 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 who knows? It's the Mets, right? I don't know what their plan is. Supposedly, they're still in on, on, on Javi Baez. I, I don't know what their deal is. I, I, I guess they could put Escobar at third base and then hope that um, the DH comes and they put J.D. Davis at DH and, you know, I guess they could alternate him and Dom Smith as the DH, depending upon, you know, if they want to do a matchup type of thing uh, on the DH role. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they could. Yeah. And if they sign bias, then what do they do with the uh, McNeil? They stick him in the outfield. But, but as you're, you're talking about, yeah, I mean, their, their outfield still, you know, seems to be open. And, and you're not a big Brandon Nemo fan, are you? No. I, I, I mean, certainly Sterling Marte is better than he is. Yeah. But then, you know, where are you at? You have Marte and you lose Conforto. You you still got a decent right fielder and Nimmo. And you still don't have yeah. a left fielder. So I, I don't know. And Escobar doesn't give you much flexibility. Well, I mean, last year they played Dom Smith out in left field. Are you suggesting that he's not the answer to, in left field? I'm just saying if you want to have a defensive team, he's probably not the answer. Gotcha. <laughs> no. Just a thought. But I thought that Discofini's signing was – was a pretty good signing for the Giants. Yeah, and, and, and if you're a pitcher like him, don't you want to stay in, in San park. Francisco? Yeah. Um, I, yep. I, I think the park plays, it, while it's kind of trended back to being a neutral park, it's still a pitcher's park. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I, and actually, I think, I think Scherzer would do well there. Because now that he's yeah. getting older, he, you know, he gives up some homers occasionally, depending on what park he's in. And I, yeah. I, I think he would do well. And and I'm just curious what your thoughts on Mats are. Stephen Mats? Yeah. Um, I, I think that fits. Isn't this the Cardinals' mo? They're, they're never usually going to sign a big free agent. Um, though everybody wanted the Cardinals to sign um, um, Scherzer because he's he's from the St. Louis area, pitched at Mizzou, um, coming up. Um, I, I think for the Cardinals, a left-handed arm um, at, at this price, you know, AAV of $11 million, I, I think it's a good signing. I mean, they're signing him as a number three or number four, and certainly I think he's a pitcher that can pitch um, in the postseason, whether it be in the rotation or some extended innings um, as that left-handed, left-hander out of the bullpen in the playoffs. Yeah, okay. I get that. Um, so I, I like it. The Cardinals, the Cardinals found, you know, um, with all the injuries that they had last year, and, and we still don't know what the health of uh, Jack Flaherty is going to be coming into the year. A- Adam Wainwright is probably in his last year, and he's going to be 41. So I, I think you need to do something and can't rely upon, you know, uh, a Matthew Libitor, uh coming up and, in, you know, saving your season. I think you would prefer um, as a midseason call-up, you know, to give some, some arms a break during the uh, – uh, during the summer. Okay. Yeah, and Max has really only had one good year, and that's last year. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And, 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 you know, here's what the Cardinals liked about him, is they liked the fact that he's a ground ball pitcher. And, you know, as we head into gold glove, I mean, that's where the Cardinals shine. I mean, their, their defense, watching them play last year, they were spectacular um, defensively. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into that, so the the CBA runs out one December. Yes. So yeah, the, the, after that point, there will not be any free agent signings, nor will there be um, any trades um, until that CBA is signed. Yeah. So that that'll be that'll be a long cold winter for these yes, guys. Yes, it will. To kind of hang out and and um, yeah, and, that, and that's why I think some of those guys we just talked about signed because they wanted a job. Somebody could say that it could be the winner of our discontent. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, we get into gold gloves. So the Pirates are the Pirates. The Cardinals grab uh, five gold gloves, two thirds of their infield, and or three quarters of their infield, two thirds of their outfield. Uh, and then uh, the Braves have an outfielder in there, and Adam Duvall, and then Jacob Stallings wins the gold glove for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, so what did you think about that? I mean, the Cardinals actually had six players nominated, five of whom won gold gloves. Um, the only person that was nominated to not win for the Cardinals was Yadier Molina. Did, did you see Stallings play in, in enough games to, to be able to make a decision? Like, is he a really a gold glove catcher? To be honest with you, I, I haven't seen him in enough action. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he's been around for a little bit. Um, yeah, he has. And he, did, did you know? Did you know who his dad is? You probably do. Uh, he, he, he's the son Kevin of Kevin Stallings. Oh, Kevin Stallings, yeah. Yeah, yeah wasn't Kevin Stallings the, uh, at least for a short period, coach at, uh, at Pitt? He was. Uh, yeah. he, he replaced Jamie Dixon, and he got fired after he went 0 and 18 in the ACC. <laughs> As will happen. <laughs> How the hell does that happen? You don't win a freaking game at a conference. Anyway, um, yeah, I I don't know enough about about Jacob Stallings to okay to um to make a decision. It, 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 I'm I'm looking it, at his it, stats now. I mean he he threw out 21 percent of the base runners in 103 mm, games. That's that's probably average, isn't it? I, I I, you know, the nice thing about the Gold Glove Award now is I think a lot of writers look at it. There's a lot of de- defensive metrics out there, and I think they skewed more toward those defensive metrics than, you know, in, in previous years, certainly more so than when we were growing up. Yeah, and the, the only other guy, the only other catcher that I think would be in the running would be Real Muto. Um yeah. I'm I'm looking at he threw out 26 percent of the the base runners, okay. which is kind of low for it, him. Usually he's in the 30s. One year he was in the 40s. Um, so and any other names on this list that strike you as strange uh, in terms of the Gold Glove winners? Uh, I didn't know if Harrison Bader played enough, but I guess he did. Yeah, I, did, he's a he's a really really good uh, center fielder. Um, I, I, I guess I was kind of surprised that Tommy Edmond went over Colton Wong. Did Wong play enough games? Um, yeah, I mean, he was hurt, but uh, Edmond played. He, he, he did a really nice job defensively. I just don't think he's the same defensive player as Colton Wong. Okay. Well, Wong played 116 games. So, I mean, I feel like that's enough to qualify. You know what I mean? Okay. To get a yeah. sample size. So, um, so, so maybe the defensive metrics are also – you know, have some degree of games played or innings played at the position. You know, just just like the calculation of WAR. I mean, the, obviously, the more you play, the better your chances are of increasing your WAR. Yeah, um, and if I'm reading this right, Wong only had two errors. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, he's good. He's real good. 394 chances, 395 chances. So, I mean, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Um, there, there are players that make two errors on one play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at the Mets and the Phillies. Um, <laughs> yeah, then we got down to Silver Slugger. Busty, Buster Posey has a nice little comeback year, didn't he, before he retired? It was good to see that. Yeah, you know what? I was happy for him and, and shocked that he retired, aren't you? I mean, I, uh, I don't think so. Maybe he just couldn't deal with it anymore. I mean, he wasn't yeah. going to play first base. He didn't want to leave San Francisco. And they're thinking, all right, I'm done. I won three World Series. I won an MVP. Comeback player of the year. What else is there here? Yeah. Right. Good Good. Good point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, good, good Good. Good player. Probably not. Do you think he has the stats to get into the Hall of Fame? I don't think he does, but he's a really good player. And he's probably yep. beloved Agreed. out there. And they probably love the guy. So, uh, and the Silver Slugger, the Braves, two or three quarters of their infield takes it. And then, uh, of course, Tatis won the shortstop. And then Soto, Harper, and Castellanos round out the outfield for the Silver Slugger, which is probably pretty normal. Castellanos had a really yeah. good year. We already talked no, about No surprise there. Harper. Yeah. Um, and then the, the other thing about Castellanos is he opted out 
of his contract. So he's a free agent, which could impact the dudes with his retention at 50 cents for next year. Yeah, yeah that's that's going to be really interesting, right? I, I mean, somebody is going to pay him based upon the year Castellanos had last year. Somebody's going to pay him um, big bucks, right? I, I, yeah, they're definitely going to pay him big dollars in it. And don't be surprised if the Tigers get back in this guy. Well, and, and also think about this. Um, think about if the, the right now, I mean, his strength would be as as a DH. Um, if the NL adopts the DH rule, um, you know, he's opened his market up. I'm, I'm sure people would still sign him. But what about the length of his contract? Now, instead of maybe going three or four years, do you go five or six years? Because you know that if he plays the outfield later in his career, he can transition to the DH role. Yeah, and he is 29. Um, yeah. And he, he, he had a good uh, 51 games with the Cubs the year he got traded in 2019. Yep. Uh, kind of a down year in 2020, but whatever. That's kind of a weird year. It's only 60 games. It was. Yeah. But last year he hit 309, 34 home runs, 100 RBIs. Um, yeah, he 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 doesn't strike out a whole lot. So, yeah, I mean, I think every like you said, if the National League has a DH, then he just doubled his market. Um, yep. But the Tigers are at a spot too where they're ready to compete, and you know they you know maybe he liked it back there and might want to go back. Hey, can we? Uh, can you and I have the Tigers Pirates bet again this year? No. <laughs> um, uh, Trevor Bauer declined not to opt out. That's that's kind of not surprising, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no surprise there. Yeah. Uh, and then, unfortunately, we had a loss, uh, a death in the past month. Julio Lugo passes yeah. away at the age of 45, a, a Dominican middle infielder. Played with a few teams, Houston, Tampa, L.A., Boston. He played with the Cardinals, uh, the Orioles, and the um, Braves and, and rounded his career in 2011. Yeah, I mean, he uh, he played 12 seasons, right? And I, I think the percentage, I think it's maybe 20% of major leaguers actually make it to 10, 10 seasons in the major league. So, you know, it was good job by him. Um, for lasting that long, I, I don't think his career stood out um, at, at all. But um, you know, to make it that long in the major leagues, that's that's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, and uh, he won a World Series with the '07 Red Sox, um, so that, that was good for him. So yeah, Julio Lugo. Yeah. It's kind of always sad when um, you know a player passes away, but when it's a player that we we know and we're familiar yeah. with, and it becomes a, a little more difficult. Much too young. So, um, moving on, uh, I do have a couple twib notes this week brought to you by Schaefer. Schaefer, the one beer to have if you're having more than one. I got two notes for you. Uh, first one is, wow. is from the Poor House in Exton. Uh, okay. Went, went there Saturday or Friday afternoon. Uh, Bissell Brothers Brewing. It's called The Substance. It's a 6.6 ABV and 96 on the Beer Advocate. I love this one. I loved it. The substance. So, I had never heard of Bissell Brothers until now, and I guess they're out of Portland, Maine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, low ABV, which is nice. You know, I'll be drinking in the afternoon. Uh, I, the '96 Beer Advocate. That's where I'd put it. I'd, I'd give it that wow. many Rooster Towns. Yeah, I had two of them. It was really good. Uh, and I'm sorry. What type of beer was it? I don't know what kind of beer it was. It was good beer. Was it was good. <laughs> that, that, That's all you really need to know, right? Yeah, it was good or bad. Right? It's, this one was good. Um, I, the other one I had when uh, I was out to see Pitt play Carolina on a Thursday night, uh, Madison and I went to Southern Tier to get something to eat. I had a, I had a black IPA. Did, wasn't real fond of that. But I also had a, this thing called Old Man Winter Ale. It's an English porter. It's a 6.6 ABV. The Beer Advocate only had it as an 86. I thought this thing was fabulous. It was. What did you like about it? Was it was it just was it drinkable? Was it like because because you you're not uh, you haven't been big or haven't tried many porters right in the past? Yeah, I didn't even realize it was a porter until after I 
ordered it. Um, Uh-oh. And I, I try, you know, I, I'd throw it back. You know, I'm at that point in my beer tasting <laughs> life. Um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't real heavy. Uh, it had a good smell to it. it had a, it looked good. It, it just tasted, yeah, the, whatever was in it, I loved it. I thought, I thought it was really good. I would definitely have that old man winter ale again. Okay, can I ask you something here? Did you find that to be more of a fall and winter beer, or can you see yourself drinking it in the summertime as well? No, I think I could do that in the summertime. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Fair enough. I don't know if they make it in the summer, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, th- I mean, I thought it was that good. So, yeah, I would drink okay. it at any, any point. Um, but, yeah, I didn't like the black IPA. I thought it was a little bland. I just, you know, I tried it, and I'll press on. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, we, have a, we have a podcast correction from last time. Yeah, once again, it's me. You know, uh, it, it seems like I'm always fact-checking myself and making mistakes. Um, I think on the October podcast, I said that Sam's birthday was coming up and that he was turning 19. He's actually turning 20. Okay. So, um, yeah. All right, so we I apologize. I to you, Sam, yeah. on that. Yeah, that was a big difference. Um, all right, we got some Today in Baseball history. 1974, George Steinbrenner, Yankees owner, pleads guilty to making illegal contributions by giving bonuses to eight of his shipping firm employees and then telling those employees to donate $25,000 each to the re-elect Nixon campaign. So uh, they were felony charges and trying to cover up the scheme. He was suspended for two years, but it was pushed back to 15 months. And then I don't know if you remember, and 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 for this felony charge in 89, Reagan uh, pardoned Big Stein, but... <laughs> I don't know if you remember, between 90 and 93, Steinbrenner was banned from management of the organization because he hired that half a mobster to dig up dirt on Dave Winfield. Do you remember this? I I, I, I do. I do. I, I mean, I, I need to draw a distinction. I, I know George Steinbrenner wanted to win, which, you know, I'll talk about in, in, in the walk-off, but his ways of going about it <laughs> weren't uh, obviously the right ways to do it. Yeah, and when I'm reading this, I, I didn't remember the 74 felony charges, um, and they were federal charges. And I'm thinking, like, why are we worried about Bonds, Clemens, and Rose? I mean, this guy was totally out of hand. And, yeah, he's a bit of a sociopath. Yeah, right? You talk about narcissistic. Anyway, yes. and when, when, you, when, you, when you put it in context, this guy had a couple felony charges where a president had to pardon him. So, you know what I mean? And we're worried about Barry Bonds, who never tested positive on a test. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, anyway, 2005, the Mets signed Billy Wagner from the Phillies to a four-year, $43 million deal. And first year, he had 40 saves. Next year, he had 34 saves. Third year, he had 27 saves. The fourth year of the contract, he had zero saves and was traded. So uh, I guess my question, and, and, and maybe the next uh, episode that we have uh, at the end of December, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, uh, potential Hall of Fame players. Um, Billy Wagner, think he's closing in on it or not? Should he be in the Hall of Fame? I don't think he should. I mean, I don't. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't vote for the guy. He was a really good closer for a long time, but I don't know if he was – that type of guy. He had 422 total saves. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it was, he, he had good years. Um, I got, if you look at Mariano Rivera and Bruce Suter and Hoffman, and I would throw in Lee Smith, those guys were dominant for years and years. And I, I yeah. I'm not a fan of Billy Wagner. I, I think he's overrated a little bit, but you know, what do I know? Is, is that because of his years in Philadelphia that you got a little bit of? Uh, no, he he had huh? he had decent years in Philly. He wasn't well liked. I mean, the first year he had 21 saves, the second year he had 38, um, and they were on the cusp of starting to get good at that time. We probably signed him a little too early. Yeah, Philly's meaning. Um, they mm-hmm. weren't they weren't there quite yet. They were still hovering around 500. Um, but anyway, yeah, he wasn't well-liked in Philly. I know that. Okay. All and right. then 2000, 
2014, the Athletics trade Josh Donaldson to the Jays for Brett Lowry, Kendall Graveman, Sean Nolan, and Franklin Burrito, who Kendall Graveman's the only one still playing in that deal. Um, and Josh well, Donaldson I, I, won wait, the MVP. Wait, I think, I think Franklin Burrito, I think he's... Is he still I, playing? I think he's still, I think he's, yeah, I think he's still fairly young. Um, no, I could be wrong. I, I lied to you. I lied. No, he didn't play this year, did he? Well, you can save that for next month's corrections. No, nope, I'm going to make the correction now. I'm going to say no. <laughs> okay. I thought he was. Yeah, because that was quite. Uh, that was a long time ago. You're talking seven, eight years. Yeah, and Donaldson won the American League MVP the year later. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, what are you walking off with? Yeah, so you, you know, one of the things I guess it's baseball's golden rule is that you can't throw a game, and this is going back to what you were talking about. Um, earlier, um, I, they, they say you can't throw a baseball game, which, which makes sense, right? You want, you want competition and that's, that's the backbone of, 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 of any sport. But how do you define that, uh, against the backdrop of, of owners not wanting to spend money and, you know, essentially tanking, isn't that just the, the, the flip side of the same coin? Well, like, I'm sure you have owners in mind when you're you're kind of thinking through this. Like, are you saying the like a team like the Pirates, who don't historically sign free agents at, at high dollar values, that they're tanking? Um, well, you, you've seen some, some teams do that, right? To try and, and to get better draft choices, they, they just – I mean, look how many teams this year in, in baseball, you know, won 65 games or less. Uh, that disparity is just it's, – it, it's hurting the game. How do you get um, two teams from the National League West to win 105 and 106 games? Uh, baseball needs to address the, the competition and the competitiveness issue. And, you know, we've talked about it before, and Bill's also suggested that maybe Major League Baseball has – a, a, a spending a spending floor but yeah. I, I, I just think there's an issue when teams aren't 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 spending and trying to compete and, and instead they they sit back and they they just they just tank and look for draft choices which will take three four five years to to even make it to the major leagues and you know who knows if it's even going to be an impact player so I, I, I guess I have a problem with baseball saying, that you know um, that you need to um, you can't throw a game, but yet you don't really have to compete. And and maybe it's me just splitting hairs, but uh, if if you're going to be a major league owner, um, part of that comes. I think you have an obligation to your fans to, to to put the best team on there. And you know these aren't millionaires that are buying teams anymore. These are billionaires. So um, you know start acting like it. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. And and I think there's there's a formula out there for these, let's just say, smaller market teams who are hesitant to spend a lot of money on, on one or two players. There's a formula out there that you can win. And I think Tampa and Oakland are are, are classic examples. Um, Absolutely. And and I, I know what your response is going to be. I, I, I'm of the belief there's too many teams. But – um, it, which is causing this. And if you, and like you said, if you make mistakes in the draft, that's three years to recover. Yeah. Yeah. Me, so yeah. let me ask you something. The, the latest plan by the, the, the Tampa race, right? They're, they're not going to draw in Florida. We, we've already determined there's, there's been enough history and enough data that says Florida baseball is, is just, it's not going to be popular, whether it be in Miami, whether it be in Tampa. Do you like the idea of the Rays splitting their season between Tampa and Montreal? Uh, I don't like the idea of splitting it because I think it'll no. make I, I think it'll make attendance worse in Tampa. Really? I, uh, they, they don't. Yeah, I, I think it would. So, I, so I you're worried? It, you're worried about it dropping thirty percent from ten thousand people to seven thousand people right? a game? Yeah, that's embarrassing, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm more apt to. Like if we're gonna move them, let's 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 move them to Montreal. Let's just move them. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
I, I think part of that probably has to do, I, I guess, from a legal standpoint. I don't know what baseball's rules are in terms of actually moving a team versus, you know, kind of split. And, you know, the Rays are on the cutting edge of all this kind of baseball. I shouldn't say the cutting edge, but they seem to bring it to the forefront of these new ideas. And if they can avoid any kind of lawsuits but still, you know, make additional money to make them more competitive, and, and think about it. If, you, if you're in Montreal now for, for half a season – Look how close you are to you know your competitors in, in in Baltimore, New York, Boston, and you know just a lot less a lot less travel too. So I kind of like the idea. Yeah, I, I'd 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 like to see him go back to Montreal, uh, and I think Oakland is on the verge of following the Raiders. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't think the owner really wants to make um, number one. I don't think the owner really wants to stay in Oakland, and number two, I don't think the city of Oakland wants to give the concessions necessary keep the team so I, I yeah i think they're i think they're ultimately going to move yeah um what are you walking off with uh i'm walking off with this cy young vote kind of set me off a little bit and i'm wondering is baseball to include the writers forgetting about the bread and butter of a team and that is wins you can look at all kinds of percentage stats the bottom line is wins Julio Urias goes 20 and three and finishes seventh. How, how, how does a guy who leads the league and wins ha, only has three losses and he finishes seventh in, in the voting. And I, I, I look at past winners and it really has to do with how many wins they had or, or a crazy number of strikeouts. But I think when a guy goes 20 and three, I think we need to look at the owners and say, what the hell were you doing here? Like, what What do you really think? Burn, I'm not saying Burns isn't a better pitcher. I'm saying that Arias had a better year. He had a better year than every other National League pitcher. Don't tell me he didn't have a better year than Brandon Woodruff was 9 and 10 with a division winner. Don't, don't tell me he's a better pitcher. He didn't have a better year than Julio Arias. So, so wait a second. Are, are you upset that he didn't win the Cy Young Award? Or are, you, are you more upset that he finished seventh and that there was you know, six other people that were finished higher than him? Both. He, he should have won the award, but if for some reason he didn't, he sure as hell should have finished higher than seventh. He only got three votes. How do, okay, so that, how, how do you that, look that, at that, that and say Woodruff, Woodruff had a better year? Get the hell out of here. He didn't have a better year. The guy was 20 and 3. So, okay. So, so let me see if I can kind of um, put, put some guardrails um, around this. I, I certainly would agree that the, the age of the 20 um, game winner is almost non uh, non-existent a- anymore and the fact that he did that in you know 32 starts is is quite impressive i mean he did play for a team that won a- 105 games and that's an old school measurement right um winning percentage that was that was a big deal back in the 70s um if we look at a, a newer metric war which is meant to capture a lot of that i mean uh, of the top 10 in the Cy Young voting he had a 4.4, which was the same as Jacob DeGrom, who only pitched, you know, half a season. And it was higher, obviously, than, than Adam Wainwright, who tied him with um, with three votes as, as well. Um, I hear where you're coming from. I think he should be higher. I don't know if he was a Cy Young Award winner, but I, 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 I certainly he, he should finish higher and have been in contention. And I would have thought he would have gotten some first and second place votes. Yeah, um, I I understand when you're I understand the the percentage stats I, I I get all that I get he only had a four war I I know what that means I understand that but what I'm saying is that the bottom line to a baseball organization is wins that's all that's all it matters is wins you we we can we can evaluate individual people with percentage stats but in the end you make the playoff based off of wins. That guy kept him in games. That guy kept him in games. Well, he pitched long enough to get wins. Um, well, but 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 let's let's also look at this. You know, he he averaged less than less than six innings a start. So what that means to me, you're right. He kept his team in 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 the game, 
and he didn't have a bullpen that was blowing leads for him. And, and that's why wins has, has diminished in, in some circles in, in terms of its importance as an individual stat, not as a team stat, as an individual stat. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that you could maybe that you can account for some of those twenty wins, but there's some value in Julio Arias because he has because he had twenty wins that season. And I'm not saying he's a better pitcher than Burns. I'm I'm not saying that. I'm you know if they're both free agents, maybe Burns is is the better value. But this year, at twenty and three with a two nine six ERA, um, he doesn't walk a lot of guys. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, it was a, it was a spectacular, it was a spectacular season, and I think I, I think you're right that finishing seventh in the Cy Young Award is way too low. And who was it that pointed that out in the test? Was that Rick that said that? Yeah, I think it was. As well. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 Bueller pitches for the same team. Yeah. Pitches. For you know the what? Maybe maybe for next time I'll take a look and see runs per game. And, and, and see how many runs per game that did he received for some of these other pitchers. But, you know, regardless, regardless, it was an outstanding year. Yeah, and I, I'm, even, I'm even a little perturbed that DeGrom getting one vote. It, it, like, it, is he a better pitcher than all these guys? Yeah, he is. Was he the best pitcher in baseball this year? No, he wasn't. He had 15 starts. You, do, do, you think, do, you, do you think that some of these writers now have gotten – the pendulum has swung the other way with uh, a lot of the other cute metrics. I do. Yeah. I, I, I think it has okay. swung the other way I, and maybe too far because in the end you, you don't get awarded a division title because of your OPS or your war or anything like that. You get awarded a division title based off the wins. All right. So in the next podcast, we're going to actually talk about that because part of the CBA um, they're, they're talking about, um, and I, I'm going to misquote this. But um, management has presented a plan where people get paid out. And, and I'm not sure if this is – I think this is in their um, arbitration years, get paid out based upon war. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so I'll explore that a little bit more, and we'll, we'll talk about it on the next podcast. So I will tell you that those little cute stats are – they're self-serving. They could be self-serving at times. How, how so? What are, you, what, are you, what are you saying here? Well, maybe I, I mean, they, they, they don't originate to be self-serving, right? They, no. They're done by sabermetricians that are trying to well, value across seasons um, how people perform. Well, look at OPS, right? OPS is based on you, you get credit for walks in OPS. Right. And this is yeah, – and that, I, I would agree with you that that, that OPS is is, is, a, is a little silly. I would never base it upon you know someone's value strictly on on, on OPS. I, I I agree with you. Okay, all right. And and this you know you're saying this cold, so I have to kind of think through it. But yeah, I I think some of those stats can be can lean toward being self-serving. All right, I all think. right. Well, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a dive into um, what the owner's proposal was. And, and I, again, I think it's due to arbitration, how much they want to pay out. And, you know, the owners, mm -hmm. once again, it, it's, it, it's a way of controlling salaries, right? Because yeah. when you go to arbitration, you pick one side or the other. Mm -hmm. And I think this kind of gives them a structure, and they can, they, they, they can see that throughout the course of the year where, where a person is trending to in terms of their, their, their war. So, you know, the owners are using it as a measurement tool as well. So if there's dollars behind it, I'm, I'm not so sure that it's a, a silly stat. If somebody's going to put, you know, millions of dollars behind it. No, I, I, I get that. Yeah, once you're putting dollars behind it, then it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. become silly. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes like, Absolutely. I got I to, yeah, instead of knocking and runs, I got to get my war up. Oh boy, you'd love that. Yeah. And maybe they can now start with gambling. You know, um, there's a 96% chance that their war is going to increase. You know, uh, a tenth of a percent um, yeah. after this game or something like that. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great to watch? That, that's that's yeah. that's great, uh, great stuff to watch. Yeah, I, I, hey, I when are we on next? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to catch the ball to win the game. But I got to get my war up. That's the <laughs> shit I'm talking about. You don't think that that'll start happening? That shit starts happening. Yeah. <laughs> 
I gotta get my war up. Don't worry. I know, but it, you, you won the game. I am more concerned about my war. I get my get that get that up a tenth of a point. But 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 in some sense, isn't that happening already? Where nobody wants to um, have a sacrifice bunt because that doesn't pay, right? So serving home runs. Yep. Or, or walks, yeah. walks pay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the hell out of here with that that's why i, I that's why I, I flipped my uh opinion on joey Votto this year because he stopped with the damn walks and started putting the ball in play and hitting yeah so that's that's a good example that's that, that certainly weighs on your side of the ledger yeah i hear about war all right uh we're off for another month we're gonna be back the day after christmas yeah all right and all right yeah and it should be good we'll uh we'll talk about probably two big topics uh, Probably three topics at that time. Number one, the CBA. Uh, number two, we'll talk about some, maybe some Hall of Fame uh, votes. And we have some people coming up. This is their last year of eligibility. And we'll talk about any kind of player movement um, that, that happens, although the, the clock is ticking on player movement. So um, we'll cover those three topics on the next podcast. Chief? Yeah, I think I'm going to put something out, too, as a text. I, 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 I think we're going to have a little raffle. Um, like, like, you know, when we're, we're going to pick the day that the CBA will be ratified and, and completed. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe we'll, we'll come up with a here. prize. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It won't be a golden monkey surprise though. No, unless oh, you're way sorry. off. Okay. <laughs> we can do that. All right. All right. Well, have a good Christmas and I'll see you, yeah. uh, in a couple weeks. All right. Take care, chief. See you.